Welcome to The Organic Buzz, a podcast where reducing toxins and navigating the wellness culture meets intuitive eating and ditching diets. We will be deep diving into raw and honest conversations on navigating your health, your body, your entire life, not by how it looks, but by how it feels. I'm your host, Amanda Murphy, and I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor, therapist, yogi, aspiring beekeeper, and I'm super obsessed with a simplified, low-tox way of life. I'm here to help make low-tox, sustainable living simple, fun, and fitting for everyone and every budget. So let's dive in. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Organic Buzz. I hope Everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. If that is something that you participate in and you celebrate, um, if not, if that's not your jam, I still hope you're doing well and are having a lovely end of 2022. Today, we're going to talk about a pretty interesting and controversial, virtual, if I can say that word, topic that I think is perfect to talk about now, especially going into 2023, a brand new year. Some of you, if not a lot of you, if not most of you, if not all of you, have goals for yourself, intentions for yourself, for your life, for your health going into 2023. So this topic is, is low-tox living intuitive living? More so is eating a low-tox, more organic diet still allow you to intuitively eat, be an intuitive eater. And as a certified intuitive eating counselor, if you had asked me two years ago or sooner, I would say absolutely not. Now that I know better, uh, now that I've learned a ton and I have trialed and errored so many different things in my life in the past two years, I would say absolutely. And actually, we talked about this uh, a couple episodes ago, but there is a principle 10 of intuitive eating because it's founded on 10 principles. And principle number 10 is gentle nutrition. And I briefly mentioned how my firm belief is that gentle nutrition and this low-tox living way of being really falls into that principle of gentle nutrition. And really just gentle living when it comes to everything because it's not just about what we eat, right? When we think living low tox, sure, how we eat and what we consume, obviously those are the biggest factors. Those are the most important, right? Because they go directly into our body. Our body is processing them and consuming them and breaking them down and there's just our there's no way for our body to avoid what we put in it. We're very close second, if not like it's like a the 0.5. If you said there's one and a 1.5, this would be the 1.5 of most important. And that is what we put on our body as far as skincare products, lotions, our hair care products, the products that we clean our home with, the things that we still come in contact every day that our body can't really avoid. Those are equally important. So low-tox living is not necessarily just the way that we eat, but that's what we think of mostly. Um, And that is the number one most important form of low-tox living is low-tox eating. And again, it's just the most important. But there is controversy about, well, you can't intuitively eat if you want to be a low-tox liver. I really didn't know what to call it there. (laughs) But that's not really the case. 
And I want to unpack that. And there's this other concept too where if you're being, if you're working towards breaking up a diet culture and you're traveling down the road of becoming an intuitive eater again, that there's no such thing as good foods and bad foods. There's no such thing as foods that are off limits. And you know, all foods are good foods or, you know, all foods in moderation. There's those lingos and those terms that are thrown around. And I'm going to just caution and, and throw a preface out there that, what we're about to dive into and what I'm about to say is all very circumstantial to where you currently are in your own personal journey, where you are with dieting, if you're someone who's still stuck in a very disordered unhealthy eating pattern, very much you know stuck with diet culture, or maybe you're very far along on your intuitive eating journey, you're breaking up with diet culture, and you're, you have a very healthy, solid relationship with food now. So a lot of this depends on where you're at and where you're circumstantial. So I just want to make sure that disclaimer is out there. But there is this notion that you know people who preach and talk about and educate on low-tox living, low-tox eating, they say that there is such a thing as bad foods and off-limits foods and foods that you should restrict and things that you should not consume by any means. And those who are intuitive eaters will say, no, the opposite. There are no such thing as good foods or bad foods. All foods are chemicals, all things in moderation. And I'm going to tell you that neither are right, neither are wrong, but both are right and both are wrong. Like, does that make sense? Like, I'm just saying that they're they're both right and they're both wrong. So this is where it comes into the circumstantial aspect. If you're breaking up with diet culture and this is very new to you and your, your eating habits are very disordered and, and very restrictive and you still have a lot of stress and anxiety and unhealthy behaviors around food, really getting to a healthy place and removing labels from food is going to be your first and foremost goal. That's going to be what you want to focus on. So maybe focusing on, you know, what is, you know, non-toxic as far as I'm what I'm consuming and things like that might not be the best thing for you to focus on right now as much, if at all, because I don't want you to perpetuate, okay, I'm giving up diet culture, I'm giving up disordered eating, I'm giving up, you know, looking at foods in this way, but now I'm just going to replace that restriction and that dieting mentality with this. It gives you almost like a swap for what you're focusing on. And it's not really healing your relationship with food, with your body and with just the way you approach your health overall. Now, as someone who is a certified intuitive eating counselor, but also someone who very much so holds near and dear and true to a low tox lifestyle, I do look at foods as a bad versus good, so to say. And truth be told, those are just labels. They really mean whatever you assign them to mean. So if I could just for ease sake say good foods and bad foods, but really what I mean when I say that is there's foods that are are very nutritious, they're zero to very low tox, I feel safe consuming them. I feel safe because I'm not putting toxins into my body or giving my body something really hard to process that's really not great for my health overall in the long term. So those could be something that I call a good food, but I could also call them a highly nutritious food, or I could call those a low-tox food, a non-toxic food, an organic food, a safe food. I can really give that whatever label I want to give that. The mainstream media just goes with 
good or bad. Whereas food that I can say are bad foods are those foods that are processed and very toxic and contain a lot of things that I don't want to consume because I don't want to put those toxins into my body that negatively impact my health and how I feel. So these are just labels, right? But you have to learn your body for yourself. So as you approach your journey with low tox living and low tox eating as someone who's already been an intuitive eating counselor or an intuitive eater because I want you to be on that journey already and have a healthy solid foundation with food in your body you start to learn how these foods and these chemicals and these toxins really make you feel that's just like the extra step or the next step after you have a solid foundation With intuitive eating, you start to pay attention to, okay, so now that I've removed food guilt and really have a healthy relationship with food as as a general thing, let's break down the gentle nutrition aspect. Let's take a look at how do certain things make me feel. And maybe you'll start to realize certain things like maybe chips or cookies or these crackers or this protein powder or, you know, even broccoli. Does it make me feel good? My stomach hurts or this, that or the other. I get headaches whatever the case may be, but it just doesn't make you feel good. And so, you know, arming that with education and learning about what different chemicals are toxins also help you to become more intuitive about what foods make you feel what, pretty much. So principle 10, gentle nutrition, is pretty much, in my opinion, just that. Honoring how foods and products and things make your body feel from a health standpoint, from, you know, we want to wake up every day and feel energized. We don't want to have headaches, chronic joint pain, bloating, gas, indigestion, acid reflux, you know, chronic pain. We don't want to have those things. We don't want our hair to fall out. We want it to be long and luscious or maybe short and luscious. I don't know. But, you know, we want all those things. I think it's safe to speak for the majority of us that we want to feel good every day. And so minding how certain foods make us feel is just that, being intuitive, having gentle nutrition. And when you really start to arm yourself with the education around which chemicals are toxins and which toxins make you feel which way, then you're just being more intuitive with your body than you were before you did this, before you armed yourself with this education and started implementing some of these things. And basically it's an experiment with your body. So really when it comes to saying things are good or bad, It's really just, I want to say it's kind of hogwash because it's really just what meaning you give it. But when they say things like all foods in moderation, absolutely, but absolutely not. So again, excuse me, everything in moderation is also, it could be just that or it could be taken to the extreme because sometimes we over or underestimate things super easily. So you might think that I'm consuming something in moderation, but let's just take dairy. Just something just I'm just picking something completely random. I'm not saying dairy's toxic at all. Dairy might be toxic for some of you. It might not be something that you makes you feel good, but either way, just picking dairy total random. Dairy. Well, you say you're trying to avoid and you're reducing your intake of dairy to zero. Well, if you eat one thing that has dairy on a Tuesday, but then don't consume anything else with dairy again until maybe three weeks later or a month or so later or three months later, that can be dairy in moderation. Um, But if you have dairy on a Tuesday and then dairy again on Thursday and then again on Saturday and a Sunday, but then it wasn't until next Friday, that's kind of not moderation so much. That's more of like 
constant or frequently, right? So moderation is kind of another term that's just loose. We could say it's moderation, but really that's kind of up to perception as well. And and maybe, again, what is moderation? What's too much? What's too little? That's something for you to decide. Um, that's I can't tell you how much is good for you of anything. Now, when we come to the other argument of all chemicals, like all things are chemicals, right? Well, that's true. Everything is a chemical. Macronutrients, micronutrients, protein, carbs, fiber, um, those are chemicals, essentially. Um, we look at things like natural flavors. We look at titanium dioxide. We look at gum, We look at citric acid. Those are all chemicals. Those are, are, are absolutely all chemicals by a scientific definition. But not all chemicals are created equally, just like not all macro and micronutrients are created equally and just like all foods in general are not created equally right um you know citric acid in its organic form is completely fine it's it's great it's it's perfectly perfectly perfect pretty much to consume um i would consume it i don't feel any reason not to consume it but citric acid in its non-organic form i definitely say proceed with caution because that's a chemical that can be a toxin because it comes from mold rather than citric um, or citrus. So you have to look at your source, right? Um, an organic um, plant protein powder that came from a, a company who does third party um, or independent testing for heavy metals might be a great option that is free of chemicals that are toxins, but one that doesn't and contains heavy metals is actually a toxin. Those are full of chemicals that actually are toxic chemicals. So toxins and chemicals are not the same thing. It's basically looking at it as everything's a chemical, yes, but some chemicals are toxic to us while some are not. That's pretty much how we need to look at it. And so it's like social media kind of puts their own spin on things to kind of get you to buy into the message that they want you to buy into. And of course you could, I mean, as the listener, you could say that I'm kind of doing the same thing, but I hope that you you can sense that I really want you to look at this information from a non-biased, non-judgmental way and really start to look at it at its most black and white form that we could possibly get it to. I mean, there's always gonna be a certain level of grayness to any topic, almost all topics, but I want to break it down in its most black and white form. You know, that's why, like, I believe I mentioned in the last couple episodes even, too, that when people say there's not enough evidence on something yet, um, like non-celiac gluten sensitivity, for example, that's not to say that it's wrong that there or that there isn't non-celiac gluten sensitivity or that, you know, gluten doesn't cause inflammation just because there's little to no research yet. Like I used the cigarette example, There was once upon a time no research or little research to show cigarettes led to cancer and other harmful effects on our health and body. But now there's tremendous amounts and we all know that, mm, nope, we should never have been smoking cigarettes and cigarettes are horrible for you. But we started out from the same place that we might be starting out now with gluten or dairy. So you always have to look at the sources. You always have to look at the information for yourself. Make an, a judgment that feels that's best for you and trial and error it. So all of this to say that if you're wondering, well, can I be an intuitive eater and live a low-tox life? Absolutely. I firmly believe that they go hand in hand. As a certified intuitive eating counselor myself, as someone who was a chronic yo-yo dieter for years and years and years, 25 plus years of my life, and now have been an intuitive eater for seven plus years of my life, uh, and a um, certified intuitive eating counselor for almost all of those seven, 
and someone who also loves Botox, I can tell you that they definitely fit and go hand in hand very nicely because I feel that they just honor each other. They really do. And now that I've been able to break up with diet culture, become an intuitive eater, and really listen to my body and make peace with the fact that food is not to be feared, food is not the enemy, but rather the tool to nourish myself and to make myself feel the best way that I can, it's really allowed me to even be able to pay attention to what chemicals make me feel X, right? And I can now know that when I consume something that is a toxin or some chemical that maybe is not a toxin for some, but it is for me, I can see easily how it makes me feel. And I don't even, I I just, I can adjust my sale so much easier and I can just really take better control over how I feel day in and day out to feel my best, to have great health and longevity. And that's really what we want, right? And I know I've said it time and time again, and it will be something that I probably be over and over again because it's so important that the craziest hardest part about all of this is there's no one size fits all no one person can give you a blueprint and xyz and tell you that this is how it's gonna go this is what you should do and do this exactly and you'll be fine it takes a lot of trial and error on your own it takes a lot of you implementing and trying and seeing how you feel and being patient and giving it time and just figuring it out but you'll feel so much more empowered because you'll make it work for you along the pro- along the way. When you are just trying to follow somebody else's guidelines, sometimes, well, actually a lot of the times, all the time maybe even, that's when it starts to feel very hard and restrictive, like you're just trying to like be on another diet almost. And so, yeah, and when I say it's hard and I make that sound like it is really hard, I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but rather encourage you because I feel like when we're trying to follow somebody else's blueprint and just do what they say we're supposed to do, um, that's when we actually get more discouraged because we feel like we fail. We feel like we fall off the bandwagon. We can't do it. It's too hard. It doesn't fit. But that's not the case. I actually want to help you figure out how to make it fit for your lifestyle, your family, your budget, all of it. So with that being said, I hope this episode was super helpful. If you have any questions or want to continue the conversation, you can always reach out to me on Instagram at the organic buzz DMS are always open, or you can email me the organic buzz at gmail.com. Absolutely. If you're loving these episodes and the new take on the podcast, leave a review, leave a rating, take a screenshot, you know, share it on Instagram, wherever you share things, tag me and just give me your feedback because really I'm here for you. I love having these conversations with you guys and you are the reason that we are all here. So until next time, my love bugs have a fabulous, fabulous day.